0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Language Bits. Today, I'm going to talk about the dreaded present perfect. Why is it that people dread it so much? What, why is it so difficult to learn? Uh, my theory is that it is difficult for those uh, learners whose language is uh, uh, different uh, than English when it comes to form so, I'm going to show you, I'm going to explain, uh, with one example. Let's say the question, where have you been? Uh, I'm going to compare it uh, with uh, the same question in other languages uh, to show you uh, how different the form is. For example, in German, you have two forms to say this, where have you been? You could say this using the Präteritum, uh, which would be du." Uh, which is different from "Where have you been?", but in German you have uh, the perfect, which is "wo sind Sie gewesen?", and this is very similar to "Where have you been?". So, uh, for the Germans, uh, it is not really difficult to imagine how to say like, like and understand "Where have you been?". You see, it's not really tough for them. And in both cases, both in the preteritum and in the perfect uh they have the same kind of structure they have the question word and they have the auxiliary verb and they have the subject and in the case of the perfect the structure is perfect because they have the past participle that is the same equivalent of being in gewissen so for the germans it's really not hard at all but when you go further away to latin languages for example italian um you have one format again that is uh, different uh, for example uh, indicativo imperfecto so you have um dove era lei which is different from where have you been you know so uh because you do have the question words you do have the auxiliary and you have the subject i can use the subject after the verb uh for sound sakes you know you would say dove era lei so you can have it it's quite similar and even more similar when you pass to Uh, Indicativo passato prossimo, which is, uh, dove è stato? When you use this one form, it is quite easy for Italians to visualize where have you been. So, again, I don't think for Italians it would be very hard to understand and to use it. Well, moving on, if we think about the Spanish speakers, for example, they have uh, one form that is not so similar, but at the same time, a little bit. uh, Preterito imperfecto. Uh so uh donde está usted. and then they have the other one which is quite close, which is preterito perfecto compuesto, which is donde ha estado. So when you think of donde ha estado, this is quite similar to where have you been, with the sole difference that most of the times uh in Spanish you don't have to be repeating the subject like you would in English. So you don't say donde usted ha estado, you know, or and what makes it really different, you wouldn't say, for example, Donde ha usted estado? You, you wouldn't do that. You, you would say Donde usted ha estado? Or you would say Donde ha estado usted? You know, so the order here is a major factor. But again, they would simply say Donde ha estado? It makes more sense this way. So they, they would not use the subject and because of that, um, it's not the very same structure, but at the same time, it's easy to understand. It's possible. Uh, on the other hand, we arrive uh, at Portuguese, and this is where it is really difficult, because in Portuguese, you have two tenses. that are nothing like the present perfect. Uh, when you say in Portuguese, where have you been? You either have to use pretérito imperfeito do indicativo, and it sounds like uh, onde você estava. Or you have to use pretérito perfeito do indicativo, which sounds like onde você esteve. And in both cases, you don't have the same structure. You have the question word, you have the subject, and you have uh, the verb. And that's it. You don't have an auxiliary and then a past participle. you don't have an infinitive. It is simply the main verb inflected into the past. So that's why for Portuguese speakers, they can't ever visualize it especially because, uh, from their point of view, uh, they don't see the need to use the present perfect, because for them either a tense is going to be in the present, depending on what they mean, that particular context, or it would be a past tense that could be one of these two. It could either be pretérito imperfeito, or it could be pretérito perfeito. So, uh, it doesn't really make sense for them. their intention is usually uh uh sorry not intention their tendency would be to either use uh the past or the present uh to to say something that in english you would use the present perfect form so for this particular comment i would like to uh, derive from the experience of portuguese speakers so that you can visualize why it's so hard for them to learn the present perfect and hopefully after this explanation it's not going to be so hard so uh, the first thing in English, we use the present perfect to talk about past experiences. So let's see this example: I've been to Portugal, but I haven't been to Porto. In Portuguese, you would either use this in pretérito perfeito, you would say estive em Portugal, mas não no Porto, or you could go as far as use the presente do indicativo and say this as if it were present. You would say. Portugal, conheço Portugal, don't know Porto. This is why it sounds weird, because the typical Portuguese speaker would either say I was in Portugal, but I wasn't in Porto. Or they would say uh, I know Portugal, but I don't know Porto. You see, that is usually the mistake. But when you're talking about past experiences, you have to use the present perfect. So again, I've been to Portugal, but I haven't been to Porto. Um, Another example with past experiences is using the word ever. So, have you ever tried sardines, which in Portuguese is Você já provou sardinhas? Again, we are using pretérito perfeito, and um, which roughly translates as uh, um, Did you ever try sardines? That's how in the stretch of the Portuguese would uh, use it. So that's why they don't feel the need to use have, because they don't see that you must use the present perfect when you're using ever, because you're talking about a past experience. It is still relevant to the present. And I always try to explain to my students that when you ask a question like this, I'm interested in your experience and not in one isolated um, uh, experience like this. Uh, have you ever tried sardines? What I want to know is. If you've ever tried them, you know what they taste like, so you can talk about it if you like them or not. That's the idea. I don't want to know if you tried sardines yesterday at Festa de São João. You know, I don't want to know that. You know, Uh, so so that's what for that I would use the simple pass like, Did you try the sardines yesterday? Yes, I did. They tasted lovely. Something like this. Okay, well, a second use of the present perfect is for recent past actions. So I'm going to use that same example that every textbook has, so I'm sorry for the lack of creativity. But, ouch, I've cut my finger. Which translates to Portuguese as, I cortei o dedo. This is, again, pretérito perfeito. So, for Portuguese speakers, it sounds like, I cut my finger, past, plain and simple. They don't see that this is something that brings a difference to your present because you've cut your finger you're bleeding you have to somehow have a plaster on or something so that's why it's not like oh i cut my finger yesterday but it's okay now it doesn't matter so it's important to see that that's actually the difference well a third use of the present perfect is with the words yet and already for emphasis so i've already done my homework which again in Portuguese is pretérito perfeito, you would say já ja fiz o meu dever de casa, and they don't see, again, that the fact that you've done it brings a difference to the present, because it means you don't have to do it anymore, it's done, you know? And it's kind of cheeky, you know? I try to explain to them, especially when you use the negative, because one thing is for you to say, oh, I haven't done my homework yet, Which in english gives you this idea that you have every intention to do it as soon as you can but if you simply say in english i didn't do my homework it sounds like and don't you bother me about it because i don't want to do it it's kind of cheeky and rude so it's not very nice to say it Um, and for the portuguese it just sounds like a natural thing to say well um on the other hand you have number four uh, the use of the present perfect with for or since So they've known each other for 10 years, which is interesting because in Portuguese it's going to be presente do indicativo. So it translates as eles se conhecem há 10 anos. So when I talk about something that started in the past, this is still true, so that's why I use it for since. In Portuguese it it is something that is the present for them. They say, eles se conhecem. It is like they know each other. And that's what a Brazilian or Portuguese is likely to say in English. They will say they know each other for 10 years. They won't say they've known each other. Um, on the other hand, when you use the simple past, for example, uh, they met at a friend's party. Um, that's uh, the use of pretérito perfeito in Portuguese. You would say, Eles se conheceram na festa de um amigo de uma amiga. This is gender sensitive in Portuguese. So, a friend's party, you would have to know if it's a male friend or a female friend because as a translator would say feça de um amigo, festa de uma amiga," so you would have to know. Uh, but it's interesting because you have the idea of the past, only in this case they matter, they say, eles se conheceram, and when you have to use the present perfect in English, they've known each other, eles se conhecem. Curiously, as you've probably noticed, the verb know and the verb need, they are the same verb in Portuguese, which is conhecer, so that's kind of tricky. Because, again, a Portuguese speaker has a problem with vocabulary here as well. They can't see the difference between to know someone and to meet someone. So you have to go as deeply as explaining to them, like, you know, the first time you meet someone and you've known someone for a long time. So it can't be difficult for them. And finally, I think that something that's quite important. And I try to say this to every student from whatever nationality is uh, you tend to use the present perfect. To talk about past experiences and recent past actions, when you don't specify a time, so I always say focus on the action rather than on time. So let's say I've been to Brasília twice, which in Portuguese again translates as pretérito perfeito. Fui duas vezes a Brasília, right? So the idea here is to say that I've done it, I have the experience, I've seen the city. Uh, that is Brazil. The capital of Brazil, by the way, lovely city. That's where I come from. Lovely. Would totally recommend. Uh, that should go and visit. Um, but that's it. So uh, you don't worry about when it was done. You, just the fact that you've been there. So that's why you should use the present perfect. Your your emphasis is on the past experience. On the other hand, you should use the past simple. To talk about finished actions in the past, when the time is mentioned or when the time is understood. So, in this case, for example, I've been to Brazil twice. I could go as far as mentioning it. If I carry on and I tell you when I was there, I'm going to use the simple past. I'm going to say I went there in 2002 and 2012, which to Portuguese would be also pretérito perfeito and would be fui lá em 2002 e em 2012. So that's what. Again, Portuguese speakers can't see the difference. When you say, I've been to Brasilia twice, I went there in 2002 and 2012, they would, for both sentences, use the same tense. They would say, fui duas vezes a Brasília, fui lá em 2002 e 2012. So, as you can see, it's the same tense twice, fui, fui, twice. So, that's why it's hard for them to see that it would say in English, I've been to Brasilia twice, and then you say, I went there in 2002 and 2012. That's it. Well, so that's it for this episode. I hope it was useful somehow clarifying. And please let me know if you have any questions about this matter, about present perfect, or about anything else you'd like me to explain it to you. Please send me an email to languagebits2020 at gmail.com. It was a sincere pleasure and see you soon. Cheers.